This is Meredith, the MVH Van Harn in Money Pit Studios in Detroit, Michigan, and this show has everything. Presidents, babies, computers. If you're wondering what all these things have in common, it's a sample of our odd childhood obsessions, which is our topic today. Um, joining me today to discuss our very weird childhood fixations is a nearly complete complement of hosts in Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota. It's Anne Lundholm. Well, hello, Meredith. How are you? Hello. I'm great. How are you? Doing well. Still alive and kicking here in the deep freeze. You sound a, you sound a lot better. <laughs> I yeah. sure do, don't I? I'm at the part of the cold where the tapering off lasts forever. <laughs> right. Or like you feel fine, but you're like, why won't this not stop flowing? Oh, God. You're like, it's clear. I promise. Look. <laughs> Are you sleeping? I mean, that's <laughs> <laughs> the sleep is the hardest part when you're sick. Yeah, so that's I true. I have one of the um, effects of this cold is that when I lie down, it seems to activate the coughing. So I've had a oh, really yeah. hard time mm. sleeping for the last couple of weeks. But other than that, I'm doing great. Some are brought to you by the Craftmatic Adjustable Bed. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to be uh, getting one of those pretty soon, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, and since he spoke uh, in, what? Olafi Studios. <laughs> is that right? It's <laughs> the so second week in a row, we, or second time in a row, we have an old office studios. <laughs> I thought you said I Olaf like, Studios. And I was like, are you really into Frozen? <laughs> I thought it was some pop culture reference I didn't know. I'm sorry, Bobby would not be making a pop culture reference. <laughs> well, Thank it you. would be like from Andy Griffith's show or something. <laughs> or like, is that an NCIS character? Old Alfie? <laughs> and you're in Boston, is that true? Uh, yes, it <laughs> okay. is true. It's Bobby Pay. Pay, Bobby. <laughs> Good evening, ladies. Good evening, everyone. Thank you. <laughs> We're several minutes in. Maybe we can get through the intro. Maybe. Uh, and finally, of course, in Middle Age Mama Studios in Austin, Texas, it's Hillary Butler. Hello. Hello. Just Hillary Butler. Hillary Butler, just, Hillary Butler, Hillary Butler. That's just me. That's all I have to sign. So easy to sign your name. La, la, la. Oh, you know the mortgage process when they are like, here are your alternate names oh, or whatever, that yes, list? Can yes. you imagine how long mine is? <laughs> oh, it's like, <laughs> it was front and back of a page. What do you mean, oh, here are your alternate names? They, they like will, you have also been no, like you can you see that on your credit report like so you know changing your name due to marriage of course will do it but since there are so many possible variations of my name they all have to be listed on the mortgage as this is all the same person oh I only yeah, have one name well you sort of have multiple names right you right because you, you don't, don't go, go by, by your, your yeah but name. but I always go by my legal name for anything. Oh, it okay. involves legal anything, so mm-hmm. they don't swoop it up in the. Like, uh-uh. Also known as. Are you I saying mean, this podcast isn't legal? <laughs> oh, well, not the Bahamas. <laughs> well, uh, today on the show we've got some small talk, including a major windfall for my personal bottom line. Uh, we're going to read your question of the week responses from last week about your favorite pop culture from last year and uh for medium talk we're going to reveal what weird children we were we've got some tishi recommends and of course we'll let you know how you can get involved with the show um so small talk um bobby do you want to get us uh started i i I understand you've got a hot take about (laughs) pasta shapes i feel like i feel like the order of 
uh, operations on the small talk <laughs> list is backwards <laughs> right now. <laughs> Meredith, I think that you should, um, I mean, you should lead because. Oh, okay. Yeah, I had, a, I've been kind of walking on sunshine all day today um, because one of the first things I did, I was sitting at my desk, uh, just turning my work computer on and um, looking at my phone and I got an email from Fed Loan Servicing and it it never tells you what it is. It's always like, go to your digital inbox mm-hmm. and look at a PDF, you know, yeah. it's like, just send me the thing. Um, so I had to go through this long login process where I'm my, my stomach always kind of drops when I get emails mm-hmm. like that. So I was like, yes. oh, great. What's this going like, to be about? It's exactly the same when you get a message from like your medical clinic. Or yes. Like, there's a new, there's a new <laughs> message in your, my chart. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> yeah. So this was scary. And I'm like, great. And like, this is a great way to start my day. Um, and I go and look and I'm looking at this PDF on my phone. So of course it's tiny and I'm zooming in and it says, Public service loan forgiveness update. And the first line is congratulations. And I was like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> well, this can't be right. <laughs> the, what? Congra- what? Did they, are they sending me a happy birthday? <laughs> like, <what? laughs> so, um, yeah, bottom line, um, all of my student loans have been fully forgiven. Yay! Oh, my God. So amazing. <sighs> So it's it's through the Public Service Loan Forgiveness Program, which um, it's been on the news for being a total piece of shit, which it totally is. Um, I've been struggling with it for a couple of years where I felt like I was um, eligible and I kept getting declined and rejected for like dumb reasons like, oh, you're on the wrong payment plan. And like, OK, so I got on the right payment plan and then it starts over from from zero and you have to make 120 qualifying payments yeah. blah, blah blah there's all these rules and you have to jump through all these hoops and the rejection rate i think was like 98 percent yeah <laughs> um, I, I read a few articles about this it's mm-hmm. they just made it onerously difficult to qualify yeah and it was really it was really disheartening because like honestly that's a I, I stayed at my job at the hospital because i i did like it but like that was a huge reason i stayed in nonprofit, making a lot less than i could have in my field for yeah. so long is because i was hoping for that because it was a huge windfall um you know i got scholarships and i got a couple grants and things like that but nothing near what i needed to cover all of it um and grad school is very expensive so this was about eighty three thousand dollars it's just been wiped out um i I said a bunch of bad words, and Gregory kind of came out of the bathroom looking alarmed. <laughs> um, but then I, you know, I I showed him what it was, and I started to cry. <laughs> because I've just, you know, this has been it's been quite a while. I graduated in two thousand nine, um, yeah. and I've been making my payments um, ever since. And they weren't like onerous. I was on an income based payment plan, so my payments were like three hundred and forty dollars. Um, but you know, that's, that's not nothing. That's a lot. Um, and yeah. that was like, yeah. almost like in perpetuity, you know, like you're going to yeah, be paying f- that basically. And, and it was the, the interest it's, I think it's criminal that student loans have interest. Yeah. Um, but the balance just wasn't going down. Yeah. Um, and so I was just like, well, I guess I'm just going to die with these loans. Yeah. So it just feels unreal. Like I still can't believe it. Um, and that was 12 hours ago. So that's my big news. I actually called 
Fed loan servicing. I called the Department of Education. To make sure you weren't like, getting like fished or something. Are you guys punking me? Is this for real? <laughs> is this real life? And so not only so part of the the weird thing about this is when you have a zero balance on your Fed loan account, you can't look at anything else. You can't look at your payment history. Like it's gone. They just <laughs> take it all away. I suppose they so feel like, like well, wonder, why would you want to? Just get out. Yeah. Run well, and I was don't curious. stop. <laughs> I was curious what payments counted and what didn't because I had been struggling with it for so long and trying to make it all, you know, fit together. And so I'm like, well, what finally did it? And I don't know. Um, But when I was on the phone with the guy, I was like, well, I can't look at anything else other than my zero balance. And he's like, well, you might be glad to know that you overpaid your loans by $3,793 and you're getting a refund. Ooh. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I guess probably like don't hold your breath for that to come anytime soon, but that's really exciting. Yeah, I was like, when is that going to happen? He's like, oh, anywhere between two weeks and two months. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> They're going to pay it out in 120 equal installments. Over the next- <laughs> <laughs> they better not miss one. <laughs> Meredith, I'm imagining you going on like, I know you won't, but like going on, like having like a montage, like a shopping montage of like you, like going to buy like, I don't know, cat supplies or <laughs> you're like, uh, yeah, like, I big spender <laughs> thinking about like, what am I going to do with this extra $340 a month? But my, I still owe my car is due to be paid off in November, but I could throw it all at that and yeah. pay it off sooner. Or I could like, I didn't, I'm trying to think, did I buy anything today? Oh, there were some keychains that I wanted. I bought a keychain, <laughs> So that was my, <laughs> Living large. That's my big exciting purchase. I mean, step yeah. back, big spender. <laughs> well, I'll I'll put a picture of it in Slack. It's very exciting. It's exciting. Is it a um, keychain so yeah, that has my... your name on it? Um, no, it's uh, it says executive producer Dick Wolf, and on the other side it says especially heinous. <laughs> it's pretty good. And then there was another one that says, thank you for being a friend. And it says Shady Pines Retirement Home. So I got both of those. That's good. It's a good, Hmm. good spending of the money. Yep. $30. I can afford it now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, congratulations. Uh, Thanks. And now, Anne, big news. Oh, yeah. Um, Not as good. I mean, the housing market in Minnesota has gotten slightly (laughs) less stable and I mean that literally because <laughs> the gingerbread house collapsed, guys. Oh. <laughs> and it's because it got so cold and so dry here. Every scrap of moisture got sucked out into the air, including the tiny bit of moisture that was in the icing in the gingerbread house. Damn. And yeah, and the icing cracked and everything contracted you know as the water left it to the point where you know i used neko wafers for shingles the the um the icing around one of the tiles contracted so much it snapped the neko wafer in half (laughs) (laughs) wow some real tension (laughs) yep and then i was upstairs working one day and i heard a clonk from downstairs, and I was like, what was that? And I went downstairs, and one of the roofs had just split and fallen off oh. with, with the extreme dryness. And I was like, well, actually, I'm kind of into this, and I'll tell you why. Because it was the catalyst to actually be done with it. 
Yes. Like, otherwise, mm-hmm. I would have had an, an open-ended date for disposing of this, and it would have been sitting on the dining room table for however many months. And it was kind of nice to be told, nope, now this is the time we're finished with this, and just sweep it all up and put it in the trash. And I guess it would feel really weird and probably bad to put a beautiful put that beautiful thing if it was fully you know complete yeah and perfect in the trash exactly like in july the decision just like, got ugh. made for me and so that was totally fine and um it turns out that gingerbread house was so heavy i had to put it into two trash bags and i thought it might rip both trash bags <laughs> oh well i mean you you are a substantial builder just you know didn't account for yeah. the lack of moisture. You know, it's like all buildings in California have to be like earthquake rated or whatever. Yes. And we, yes. Don't, we don't have to do that in Minnesota. <laughs> I just didn't know all the correct weather statutes. <laughs> you do need a humi- minimum humidity level. <laughs> oh, and, and I was, yeah, I was thinking when I started my project, I think I started it in the beginning of February. So we were maybe past the worst of the winter dryness. So, oh, and my penguins, you know, I, I one of my um, little self tutorials was I made those penguin cookies yeah. that I decorated. Oh, yeah. Like those penguin cookies have been sitting on a shelf for the past 11 months. <laughs> and the icing just fell off of them in the same period. <laughs> like it just debonded from the cookie and fell off and I was like okay well <laughs> now we know yep now how, we know how cold has it been what's what are the temps like well we're going through a mild period today so it's actually been in the 30s but it's been down into the you know um negatives mm. I mean we had a couple of days last week that were like high of one Minus yeah, one. I had that too. Yeah. Single digits and mm-hmm. negatives. And that sucks. But today it was like 32. Guys, you should have seen me two days ago. It was like cloudy and 45. And I was such a bitch. I was like, I hate everybody. This sucks. I love how dramatic Texans are about it when it gets to be mild. I'm like, so why funny. is it? Where's the sun? Get why? out your puffy coat and your balaclava. And I'm just curious. Um, you know, now that your your gingerbread house, quote unquote, collapsed, um, when is the insurance payout? Oh, that's true. I should submit a claim to mm. Lundholm Insurance LLC. <laughs> <laughs> mm. I feel like there'd be a conflict of interest. I also have a story about very dry food. <laughs> There's our transition to the least important part of small talk. Um, The other night, I cooked off a box of the Dan Pashman-designed pasta cascatelli, and I mainly just wanted to bring it up to see if anybody else has made, purchased and made any cascatelli, because I talked about it back when I bought it, and back when I bought it, you could only get a case of four boxes, and it was like 25 bucks or something. That's a commitment for an unknown. Right? But I, you know, wanted to support this plucky little project of a podcast that I only listen to intermittently because sometimes I find him quite annoying. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, right. I remember when we talked about these. Mm-hmm. They look like um, they look like cauliflower ear. 
Yeah. You know, uh, like water. like those old prize fighters that had gotten yes. smacked yeah. in the head yeah. and yes. had cauliflower ear. <laughs> yes. I mean, waterfall, I think, is what he would prefer you think it looks like. <laughs> yeah, sure, whatever. And um, turns out he didn't need my help because uh, he ha- this thing has blown up. They can't make enough of it to keep up. It's being licensed by Trader Joe's. He personally made money on it. Wow. Like, Damn. Apparently, nobody had thought all these years to just make another fucking shape of pasta. And so, <laughs> like, he just, he tapped a market of novelty, uh, among other things, that I think is going to go well. So, I, I we the, we made the cascatelli. I made some, some meatballs and sauce, and we tried it. And my official verdict on the Dan Pashman cascatelli is, it's fine. <laughs> what is the... Well, I mean, that's kind of, we got to talking about this on the Jamboree, and at one point, you were like, put this on the small talk. Because my opinion on all these pasta shapes is, does it really fucking matter? Like, I I get such a strong vibe of Emperor and new clothes and stuff on there. Like, I mean, Hillary, you you stay out of this, Hillary. (laughs) I know, my guess. Get out of here, Hillary. But Hillary's it, ordering a salad while the rest of us are at Olive Garden. I got it. But I totally don't care. It doesn't make a difference to me as long as there's a noodle and there's sauce and it holds it and it gets in my mouth. Mm-hmm. It's like one right. kind of pasta does as well as any other kind of pasta. So Maybe, I don't I, know what this is all about. I think there are some better pastas for better things. I mean, obviously, this is with the caveat I imagine you would agree of. There are long pasta situations and short oh, pasta sure. situations. Oh, sure. If we're talking yeah. about like making a lasagna, I'm not going to do that with elbow <laughs> macaroni. <laughs> macaroni. Yeah. I think Italians, I mean, I find Italians pretty annoying about when it comes to food and a lot of other things, but I think they would me, tell you. Let me write down the show title, Meredith Finds <laughs> Italians Annoying. I, that's, it's true. Um, uh, and I'm pretty. I'm tired of pretending that it isn't. Um, I they would tell you that it matters to like as far as the kind of sauce you're using, like it holds the right. sauce or right the right way or the wrong it way. And I mean, sauce. all I can say to that is jerk off motion. Like, <laughs> shut up, <laughs> Meredith has a gesture for Italians everywhere. Um. Yeah, if you're making whatever f- filled shells or you know giant shells, what's that called? I forget. Um, Shells? shells, shells. I guess then <laughs> stuffed, stuffed shells, stuffed shells like ricotta like manicotti. Shells. Yeah, like manicotti. You can't do manicotti that is with a different shape. What? It's a tube. Oh, right. Hillary, don't lead me astray. <laughs> I'm so um, sorry. Well, Hillary, what do you know about? I it? know. I don't Shut know. up, Hillary. <laughs> but yeah, like I'm not. I'm not gonna like try to stuff my elbow macaroni. But <laughs> boy, that would be. You'd need like a syringe. Right. <laughs> Well, so yeah, Cascatelli. I mean, hit, part of his thought was that it was it was going to hold sauce a little bit better and have a little more texture. It takes longer to cook. The box has thirteen to seventeen minutes, and you really do have to give it, you know, fourteen or fifteen, or else it's really not. Like when I was growing up, my mother would always say, "Why would I want my pasta al dente? I would like it done, please." Yes, I agree. Um, I don't want crunchy pasta. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't want there and to be does, bite. I think it's different if it's fresh pasta. Like, I wonder what fresh cascatelli would taste like, but you'd have to get a dye and one of those Rampopil pasta machines to do that. <laughs> oh. 
Oh shit, that reminds me. I gotta add infomercials to my medium talk list. Infomercials. Anyway. Uh, uh, so that's it. I tried it. And it's all right. If anyone else has tried it, I'm curious if anybody else ordered it. Uh, the way you put it on um, the small talk on our run sheet, it says pasta shapes. Do they matter? But like for some reason, it, it just was like pasta shapes. How do they work? <laughs> that was all that I had in my head. Well, I think we were trying to gin up like a crossfire situation, but <laughs> turns out none of us care. Yes, exactly. Yeah. What sauce did you put on it? Um, Trader Joe's jarred garlic marinara well, that's good stuff yeah i we went through a phase years ago where we were making all of our own marinara and it's just purely a matter of being too lazy it doesn't even take we had a blender recipe it wasn't even cooking it just like can of good tomatoes herbs garlic and a couple other things and some oil and just blending it and it was great but you know blender it's so much easier just to open a jar yeah mm-hmm. right. so yep and then I forget, did we make garlic bread? No, we just had like cheap white bread with it, like a oh. loaf of grocery store bread. Got the job done. It works for Got me. Nice. <laughs> oh, you know what it was? We had um, meatballs from Omaha Steaks because um, we did not get like a, like a Christmas bonus or anything, which is fine. I wasn't expecting one, but one of our board members, I think, found out that we weren't getting a bonus and he comes from the corporate world. And he what? just no bonus, right? He couldn't fathom us not getting a, like a holiday a gift, and so he told my boss he was like, and I overheard this phone call, and I didn't understand it at the time, but I heard him asking if there, any of the staff were vegetarians, and she was like, no, actually, none of the staff is none of the full time staff is vegetarians. Okay, so then this was like a week before Christmas, and then they didn't come, and then they didn't come, and then he didn't come. They kept getting delayed, but then a couple of days ago. Nine gigantic boxes from Omaha Steaks showed up. <laughs> like those freezer kind of like uh, cooler it's a, things. Literally a cooler <laughs> yeah, in the yeah, box. Yeah. And we everybody got one and inside the cooler was like the variety pack mm. of Omaha Steaks. Nice. <laughs> Unsurprisingly, at a commercial real estate business, we get a fair amount of those at Christmas time. It's like just these coolers that come in for like ten burgers. I believe them. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely like meat, that right? kind of right. So now we're working our way through all the free meat that we got. The best part was it came at like five o'clock last week. It was right at the end of the week. And so two of my team members were home for the night and they were going to have to sit in the office until like Monday. And I was like, so I actually ended up playing meat fairy and just delivering them. (laughs) (laughs) I drove around town (laughs) dropping off coolers of meat. Well, and I just realized that I'm going to call myself a meat fairy. In the <laughs> yes, you better. Nope. Well, I mean, in some circles of the internet, that probably means something different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go on Urban Dictionary. Let's see. Meredith literally already said jerk off motion <laughs> on this show. I think we're good. A lot to choose from today. Yep. <laughs> uh, mailbag? That's yeah, me. That's you. All right. First, regular mail. Yep. Didn't get any, but you can email us at tshishow at gmail.com. So help us fix that. I mean, we did. We got several iterations of that. Here are those (laughs) intimate pics, I promised (laughs) you. Thank you for not putting all of those on there. (laughs) I keep clicking and I keep not getting any intimate pics. Where are the intimate pics? Please keep trying. She promised. Yeah, she did. Last week's question of the week, we asked you all, what was your favorite piece of pop culture or media in 2021? And by we, I mean 
uh, Christy and Hillary asked, what was your favorite piece of pop culture or media in 2021? I don't remember what I watched in 2021. Not much. I don't know how you all find uh, the time that you find to watch all of these things. No, I got really uh, excited when I was like, oh, only murders in the building. I watched that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know most of the things you did. I enjoyed listening to the episode, but like the way the dog watches the TV. <laughs> like it just... Yeah, I didn't know much of most <laughs> of these either. In foreign languages. Uh, but I, we will still uh, read your question. The week responses. Kalina says, Ted Lasso, hands down. Nothing else came close for me. Actually, I did watch Ted Lasso, so I suppose... Ted Lasso that. could be it. Uh, Joseph writes, uh, Lasso and Libby owned 2021 for me. As in so, the, Libby wait, the Libby app. Yes. Yeah. yes. Not a person yeah, named Libby. Just some random. <laughs> Another show Libby. I don't know about. <laughs> um, Bruce posted a, a GIF that none of us understood or who understood I it? did. I did. Okay. Bruce posted a GIF from Psycho Gorman, which is a low budget horror slasher film that uh, came out last year, which tracks with Bruce's interests. And the only reason I know what it is because uh, over at the Flophouse podcast, Stuart is a huge schlock horror fan and he actually had a part in Psycho Gorman. So there had been a lot of talk about it on the show this year. So, hmm. uh, Cool. Yep. That is 100% more than I knew a minute ago about that. Uh Chris writes, I was delighted by Only Murders in the Building, but Summer of Soul was the real highlight of Ooh, the I year. I really want to watch that, and I haven't been able to yet, but I really want to watch it. Scott writes, not to sound like too much of a nerd. Scott, please. Come on. Come on. You, you made Come it this on. far. Come on. But the animated, series, <laughs> the animated series Arcane on Netflix was shockingly good. I got sucked into watching it when the kids had it on at Thanksgiving. Strangely, it was one of the highest critical and audience ratings of any show to come out this year. Wow. I've heard that. I've heard people really liked it, but I am just not an animated person. Yeah. Never have been. Just doesn't quite push my buttons. Right. Sam was flipping through things on Netflix last night before landing on the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. <laughs> oh, no, I will, I will fuck with that movie. Yes. She watched all of it. I watched the first half, then took a shower, then came out just for the final scene. Um, Anne, and are you uh, a Donatello? Who are you? Yeah, of course I'm Donatello. Of yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> yeah. I'm Donatello. And, and who am I? That's the question. <sighs> I don't know. I mean, mm. you're sort of a Leonardo, but with a Michelangelo sense of humor. So I'm a Leonardo with a <laughs> Michelangelo, with Michelangelo, Michelangelo rising. rising. <laughs> <laughs> which, we should, there's got to be a witch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle quiz. Are you Absolutely. Out? Sure. There right. is. Absolutely. Right. Well, somebody I'm put the it rat. on the Tumblr file for <laughs> <laughs> That squares. Uh, anyway, I was going to talk about Sam flipped over Bojack Horseman and Speaking of not being into animated stuff, she won't even try it. And I was like, oh, I, I gave up before the last few episodes because it, it just got so depressing that I yeah. couldn't make it to the very end. John writes, The Expanse on Prime has been my jam at the end of the year, but need to shout out Baroness Von, uh, Von Sketch. Is it Baroness Von Sketch Show? I don't know. Which I finally found on US TV. Fucking love it. Cool. Good tip. Uh, Amy writes, I mean, I mostly watch Star Trek series, but Lula Rich... Uh, scratched my MLM hatred. I watched that. That yes. was upsetting. Yeah, it is. It is. It's fun and upsetting and funny. But Infuriating. Yes. And, I yeah. haven't seen it, but I don't understand what all of you have against giving housewives the opportunity <laughs> to make their own income. 
They're small business owners. <laughs> Julie says, does this podcast count? Uh, Aww. Should have read you first. Uh, I haven't consumed a lot of pop culture, but as an older Gen X sci-fi fan, I was pretty excited to see a Dune movie that was faithful to the story. I first read it in eighth grade and untouched by David Lynch. Um, pretty sure that only people who didn't read the book liked the Lynch version. I'm not saying it was great cinema, but it was great fun to watch and to see that world brought to life. And yes, you could significantly, you should see significantly more Zendaya in the next film, but probably not as much as Christy would like. <laughs> I think we would all like more Zendaya. I don't know why we wouldn't. I love her. I still haven't seen Dune, and that's crazy because it's one of Gregory's favorite books. So, but he's just like can't commit to that long of a thing because yeah. it's a pretty lengthy yeah. movie. But I'm excited about the lack of David Lynch. I like David Lynch, but I watched Blue Velvet recently and it made me physically ill. Like I couldn't. <laughs> in college, because I was a film minor, but in college we yeah. watched, in my American film class, we watched, um, and I had watched Twin Peaks. I was like vaguely aware of him, but not super deep. We watched Eraserhead and like, it gives me such bad feelings. Like I can't even really think about it think that I much. do it. Uh-uh, you can't. It's so like, there's. It touches something that like is really scary and like gross, and I, for me at least, and I. I don't He's like good it. at that. Yeah. Fred writes Coda on Apple TV, which you discussed at length on the previous <laughs> so episode, was my favorite movie, and Reservation Dogs on Hulu, my favorite series. Thanks to Christy Wise, as she recommended both on the podcast. Oh, God, so um, guys, I hate to interrupt this. Um, yeah. I, apparently, I master Splinter. Oh, it was whoa. not one of the Ninja <laughs> Turtles. <laughs> if That's I like must... breaking news. I know. This is as wise as you are caring. You are Rat Sensei, Master Splinter, a prolific and spiritual symbol among those who know you. You are in the foundation of your family and an endless well of wisdom. Loyal to an extreme, you possess many traits that have been passed on to any lucky enough to receive your teaching. The word selfless does not even begin to do your giving nature justice. You are timeless, wise, and place family above all else. I wonder if I got this because I said my takeout food was Chinese. <laughs> it's racist. <laughs> we are usually the same thing in quizzes like this, so I'm taking it now. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll update later. Okay, good. <laughs> this ongoing story will be updated. Screw the, like, Myers-Briggs, which Ninja Turtle are mm-hmm. you? I just want to be April. Like, that's all. I mean, I don't really think I'm a turtle. I think I'm just the... I think I'm just the lady. The sexy news lady. <laughs> yes, exactly. I am a fan of Judith Hogue for life since she was April in that movie. Um, I am too. And when I would watch for way too long the uh, nighttime soap opera Nashville, I was like, oh, look, it's April. Like uh-huh. she played as the secondary part on it. And everybody's like, who? I'm like, you know, April. April, come on. <laughs> uh, right. Hang on a second. Let's see here. Uh, and Louise writes, In the Heights, my girlfriends have been watching it together. It's nice to do something together that's not just catching up on the frustration and anxiety that was 2021. Yes. It's almost like watching something and then talking about it as a group as a way to distract yourselves from the news. We haven't mm. thought of that, have we? <laughs> Weird. <laughs> uh, Colian writes, uh, Mayor uh, from East Town, which I never ended up watching, though the accent either. work. It's Mayor of. Yeah. Yeah. Mayor of <laughs> East Town. <laughs> Cobra Kai and the Nevers, which is not one I'm familiar with. 
I can't get behind Cobra Kai just in principle. You know, I'm a firm believer in just letting things from the past stay in the past. And I've heard, you know, I think Christy recommended it once and said it was really good. And I'm like, yeah, that may be. It's just I don't I don't want to revisit all that stuff. Johnny. Yeah. Nothing against it. (laughs) (laughs) And Jonathan says Japanese breakfast and all her recent projects and the new album by the band The Warning. Is that pop culture? I don't know much about recent shows and movies. But then he followed up to say he does own The Many Saints of Newark. He doesn't know why so many people hated it. What's your movie? Or how's your movie? (laughs) (laughs) I I have not. You know, I was like an occasional Sopranos watcher. Like I, I know the broad strokes and I watched some episodes. But I think my dad liked Many Saints of Newark. But I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm so removed from that universe. And Jonathan and I have talked about this. Someday I will sit and watch all the great series that I've never seen. And The Sopranos is at the top, near the top of the list. I mean, we finally got The Wire like a year or two ago. So I'm getting there. Uh-huh. You know what Slowly I, but surely. I don't think I ever want to watch The Sopranos. Just the snuffliness of James Gandolfini in that <laughs> role. <laughs> he like, does have that. I started it, but I couldn't really get through it. My sister was obsessed with it. She will watch it over and over um, the thing, this is a total tangent, but um, Dave and I were talking a little bit um, about how they release TV shows now and having like binged half of Yellow Jackets, but then having to wait a week. And he was talking about, and the show that you, the reason why you got Prime, because um, he's been watching Wheel of Time and he wow. was like, and we were saying, and he really likes it, but he was I, like, I love binging a show, but then, like, ask me what happened on, I don't know, like, Emily in Paris or some bullshit like that. I have no idea. Because it's like, I just, it's one weekend and I, like, escaped mostly because it's dumb, but also because, like, it doesn't have that long lasting effect where I'm thinking about it so much. And with Yellow Jackets and, like, I think with Mary of Easttown, which I didn't watch, but it seems to me like, even though it's fun to release something all in one day, it almost is better when they parcel it out because I don't know if, yeah. if it's good, it builds the anticipation. I think so. I think I, I may be one of the few people that appreciates the old TV model. Although I do think it's better for quality that we seem to have sort of shorter, more limited runs. Like yes. back in, in the day mm-hmm. of having to do 22 episodes a year, I think that led to some very like filler and poor, yes. poor content. But yeah, the whole thing, I find that if it's something that I'm really excited about and I like a lot, even, you know, if they do release it, say, in a couple of weeks, then you have a whole year to mm-hmm. wait before the next batch comes out. And by that time, I'm like, I don't really care anymore. And I don't even most of the time. remember it. I'm like, yeah, I lose the thread a little bit. Mm-hmm. Where I'm like, I don't care. Like, it's really much. hard to regain my enthusiasm for something when I've had to wait, you know, 50 weeks yes. for it yes. to mm-hmm. come back around. Yeah, I agree. Anyway, um, just... no surprise. Uh, I also got Master Splinter. Oh, I thought it. I thought the fact that I said the music that I like to listen to was more jazz or classical. I thought that might split us, but I guess not. I said Beyonce and I still got Splinter. Yeah, it would have been Beyonce, but I was like, I don't know. I just couldn't. An- I like classical, but I couldn't answer jazz. I, mean, I, I, I know. Right. Honest. I know. This website really wants me to find out which pop tart I am. Before <laughs> I uh, I'm Michelangelo. Oh, mm. you're a cool, dude. I think it's. I think it came down to me um, just wanting pizza. Like probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 All the turtles so. want pizza, though. I like, know. Oh yeah. Well, here's the pop tart one. 
<laughs> you know, I gotta do it. I don't like pop tarts. <sighs> I don't. I haven't had one in years. I want to like pop tarts, and in fact, I I don't know. I feel like the only time I ever eat pop tarts are when I'm at a vending machine and I'm desperate and hungry and like. Figuring out the dollars to fulfillment ratio on hunger. Like the pop tarts <laughs> are big, they're carby, they're gonna they're gonna, you know, make a dent. I like like a strawberry frosted pop tart once mm-hmm. every ten years. Like mm-hmm. I don't I don't want a dry pop tart. I want icing on it. But oh, I also yeah. I don't like the weird flavors. Like I don't want a s'mores pop tart no. or the one that has like gross. the ones that have like purple and green frosting or anything. I don't no. need any of that. Just just a strawberry frosted or like a cherry frosted or something. That's yes, all right. And I totally agree with you. And then you eat it and you're like, oh yeah, well, that's fine. Uh-huh. Like it, I feel like the anticipation is greater than the actual. Yeah, outcome. and they taste so artificial, but it's yes. okay. Yeah, it's okay. Occasionally we'll accept that. Well, that was. I'll, I'll, I'll get you my answer by the end of, <laughs> end of show. <laughs> but right now you need to take us into medium talk. Yes, I'm not taking into medium talk. Okay, so I think a couple weeks ago, you know, my son Rory has some, as we've discussed several times, some odd um, obsessions recently. It was card throwing and a little bit of magic sprinkled into it. Um, I'm trying to think what I mean. World War II, mm-hmm. any wars. Um, were really the big Alamo in his brain. for a while, right? Yes, really into the Alamo. Um, you know, they just pop up from time to time, and they always are like sort of charming to me. But it's like what the problem is is we dive in and we're like, okay, yes, like let's learn about it. And he's moved on to something else. I asked him today, "What's your new obsession?" He said, "Baseball." Well, that's not true. It's not baseball. I don't. He just like saw a baseball and you know was like baseball. Anyway, so I was thinking about. When you're a kid and you just get sort of strangely fixated on things. I was not a dinosaur person. That was not my bag. But I know a bunch of kids that were really into it. And little kids now. My kids were never into dinosaurs. Oh, Rory was also really into trash, which is apparently more common Excuse than me? I thought. He was into like yes. trash trash cans. Um, um, yeah. And, and like the trash. The truck. Trucks. The garbage truck. Yeah, yeah. The truck comes on Monday and Dave would have to like if we heard it, it'd be like, run outside. You need to go find the trash, the dump truck. You got to find it. Oh, um, that, that tracks. My yeah. nephews received three different versions of the um, recycling <laughs> green waste <laughs> truck for Christmas. I was psyched about the UPS truck. Yes. Well, and I, I know it's, really it's weird because, yeah, it was like trash and then also, um, you know, backhoes and and that's kind of normal though don't you think i wouldn't say i would say dinosaurs and large machinery and stuff like that is sort of a normal phase for a kid yes the car the card throwing is marginal the world (laughs) war ii i question (laughs) oh i was so excited though because in he this sorry again another tangent he has in like a world war ii trivia book and it was like who was president in night? How did they phrase it? I think it said who was president in 1944. I can't remember how they phrased it. And it said like Harry Truman or something. And I was like, no, it wasn't. This is wrong. And I was, I wanted to like write into the writers of the thing. (laughs) Like, absolutely not. Um, Anyway, but yeah, so we were talking about weird childhood obsessions and kind of mulling that about and, you know, decided to make it a topic. So who wants to go first? 
Anyway, any takers? Well, I'll go, we go left to right. right. Yeah. Um, yeah, but hey, before we start, uh, let's just say that I am here as an observer <laughs> and commenter because I almost sat out the show because I don't feel like I had any weird obsessions as a kid unless you count reading every Agatha Christie novel when I was 10. Which is cool. You know, but like all I ever did was read, 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 read. And I think I also lived in a country for a lot of the time where English was not the primary language, so I wasn't involved in pop culture, and my parents were uninterested in all that stuff. So I'm just here to scratch my head at your weird <laughs> kid stuff, and maybe, maybe I'll you'll spark something for me. But yeah, so Anna's here from Ernst, Ernst and Young, just yep. To audit. Yep, <laughs> I, I am like pass failing this class. Yeah. <laughs> Well, as the anonymous Wolverine in the spreadsheet is hovering over my first answer, um, my first answer is computers. And this is very much like the Napoleon Dynamite, I love technology line. Like, I grew up in a really weird house. We've talked about it a lot. Mm -hmm. But I I grew up with my mother and my grandmother. And my grandmother worked at Xerox, those people who make the copiers. And... um, we just had like a weird amount of technology in the house. Not a ton of it, nothing super cutting edge, but just that we had it when most people didn't. So like I was born in 86. Um, and so we're talking about like the early, early nineties for me having like an ancient um, 820-2 in my bedroom, which all I could do was like turn on and type on. And then in my grandmother, ever the entrepreneur, the failed entrepreneur, always trying to start some business or do something. She was self-publishing a magazine in my in the early 90s that I was helping, quote unquote, helping with. Um, <laughs> yeah, helping meaning like the uh, the time the printer was so late that they had to change the month on it and we had to go relabel the month on the front of all of them. Oopsies. Uh, yeah, lots of dumb stories like that. But like. So we had computers in the house and the internet before like anybody else on the block had the internet. We had the dial-up modem with the phone that goes in the thing. Yep. And so like I was the first person to have like MS Paint and to type in a Word document in um, what was not Microsoft Word, but the shittier uh, Microsoft Works. Mm, yeah. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. And I had all my friends and their phone numbers in a database. That almost got me beat cool. up once. Oh, Bobby. So, right. So we're not just talking like, hey, I like computers. It was like, hey, I use these computers all the time. <laughs> I'm not just you playing Reader Rabbit to learn how to read. Right. And yet, like, I didn't, like, I, how did I not, like, I didn't become a mathematician. I didn't go into computer programming. None of it got me anything useful, except that I, um, like I said, almost got beat up once by a kid who wanted to call me database. So... <laughs> Which is funny because I think Sick later burn. on there was a Simpsons character who, who is called Database, one of the nerdy kids. But I think it was before that. Anyway, uh, you know, so I just had all these – and I just it took to it. Even in, like, middle school, I would go in early and use the computer lab uh, in the tech wing uh, just because I liked going in and doing it. I wasn't accomplishing anything. just wanted to go play with them. Yeah. Did you have a dot matrix printer? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. I had a dot matrix printer. And I'm just then we checking got, like, your cred. The early, <laughs> then we got the early, yeah, I could still be a gate agent for any major airline. <laughs> 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 and then 
we got like the shittiest early inkjet printers and then we were cheap so we were always trying to refill the ink cartridges and then ink exploding everywhere like yes many distinct memories of all of this um and like yeah having the work groups 3.1 and then the office professional one 311 on one of the other machines and oh yeah yeah i was a little hacker so i thought when i was a kid i think i've talked before about dialing into the library network because it was the one thing we could get into for free. <laughs> so. Yeah. Hillary, do you know who he is? He's Matthew Broderick in War Games. Totally. Oh, God, I love that movie. <laughs> yeah, you're going to start a nuclear war. You have to play a chess game or no, Tic Tac Toe. It's a movie I have seen many times. I mean, of oh, course. I love that movie. God, it's so good. <laughs> so, yeah, computers. That's my yep. first one. Meredith. So I hesitated even talking about this because I thought it was weird, but that's the whole point, right? Yeah. To um, be fair, when I saw this on the list, I first assumed it was Hillary's <laughs> No. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's weird. Um, starting at about three or four, I became really obsessed with babies and pregnancy. Um, and maybe some of that is just like curiosity about like how bodies work, because I was very interested in anatomy and stuff. And my mom was a nurse. And so I remember her telling us, you know, me and my sister, very like, you know, accurate medical stuff about how, um, like how periods worked and things like that. Um, although I was missing large chunks of information, <laughs> like I thought that a period meant that it was a little tiny dot of blood. <laughs> oh, no, no, oh, no. Oh, if only. <laughs> um, but so I was born at home, um, as was my little sister. Um, my mom was kind of a hippie. Wow. In the, um, the log cabin during the long winter? <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, it was the, there was a snowstorm, and it meant that the midwives didn't get there in time, and they were there, to, they were there after I was born. Um, so, but I was, um, my mom had a couple of books that I thought were really interesting. And one was called, uh, spiritual midwifery by Ina May Gaskin. I think I'm saying that <laughs> yeah. right. And she also had a book called birth, um, which had a lot of really pretty graphic pictures of childbirth, <laughs> black and white. And I was just like enthralled by it. The whole, the whole entire thing, like there were birth stories and, pictures and i don't know there's like maybe 20 and and she has like a hippie farm um like a midwife farm where they like give birth on buses that are converted into none of these will be the show pick i hope not um but it was it was so interesting to me and i remember i went to a montessori school um and so i was able to just kind of wander around and look at what i wanted to look at and i remember spending a lot of time sitting on the floor reading this National Geographic, I think, um, book about pregnancy. And it was like so amazing because it was pictures inside the womb of a, like a developing fetus. Um, so from like conception to birth. And I just thought it was fascinating. So um, maybe I got it all out of my system and that's why I never <laughs> wanted kids. You're like, ooh, this is gross. Like, actually, it sounds pretty awful. <laughs> This is just a great example of non-age appropriate <laughs> yes. uh, material to be interested in. I love it. Yeah, they didn't like censor what books they left laying around, which is why I was reading Stephen King when I was like seven. Yes, and traumatizing myself. So this was another of that. I was just like perusing the bookshelves and got hooked. Yeah, I, <clears throat> as the youngest, was like, "Ooh, babies and pregnancy." I was like, "What? I don't even know what that is. What is a baby? I don't understand." So I was <laughs> like, "I think I guess maybe I didn't get it out of my system until I was thirty-six years old, and now it's 
far, far gone. Enough. Uh, yeah, gross. Um, mine, <laughs> um, I um, think it's funny that my obsessions actually like still linger. And I think maybe that's why I think Rory, I'm like, do you still like this? Because I'm still obsessed with the things that I was obsessed with when I was a kid. But um, my first one was presidents. And like, I, I don't know why. I was obsessed with presidents. I was obsessed with like the order of presidents and their sort of biographical history. Um, actually, quick trivia question. Do you know who was the first president that was born in a hospital? Do I care? No. Not but, me. <laughs> no, it was not Meredith. It was Jimmy Carter. Um, which is really? Get out. Wow. Yeah, I know. And did you know that uh, Tyler still has a living grandson? He's I have read now. that. Yeah. He's like that really somewhere. old now, but that's kind of crazy. Anyway, um, my parents had, which I'm sure a lot of us did. My parents had the like old ass encyclopedia that was just like on the shelves near oh, the yeah. TV. Mm-hmm. So I would like, you know, scamper up and look at all the presidents. And then I would go look at their entry, each of their entries. Now, I, I, to be fair, I think that this encyclopedia went to the last president was Jimmy Carter in this encyclopedia. <laughs> so like, I really, I didn't really know that much about Reagan. And that was about the time when Reagan was president. But I just loved looking up their biographical information and i was very binary in that time of like democrats are good republicans are bad because my parents were well, about democrats true. Uh, true. Uh, yes um but i remember finding out that abraham lincoln was a republican and i was mm. scandalized by mm-hmm. it i'm like mm-hmm. what no and my mom was like it's different it's just it was a different time it doesn't it doesn't make any more sense but yeah um i mean and then that extended into you know, I knew obviously who the first president was and I knew who the 16th president was, but I, you know, in college memorized the presidents. But I, my favorite thing to do when I was a kid was to ask adults who their favorite president was, <laughs> which I'm sure they're like, <laughs> but my, my parents have a favorite president. Or my dad definitely has a favorite president. So it was like a large, it was a topic of conversation in our house, which he's such a boomer. His favorite president is FDR because, of course, you know, they're like. The great, you know, it's not the Great War, but World War II was so looming in their uh, recent past. So mm-hmm. anyway, yeah. I still, I remember probably being like eight or nine and somehow learning about presidents. I don't know, because I was living in England. Why would they be teaching us about American presidents then? But I knew that my grandmother was a politician because she was in the Minnesota House of Representatives at the time. And I had been learning. Maybe I had a little of the Hillary in me and I was yeah. like doing some independent reading on presidents. And I was learning, I had read about JFK, and he was such a, like a romantic, mm-hmm. like capital R romantic figure to a little kid, you know, like young and handsome and assassinated and all of that. And so I remember seeing my grandmother once, and I was like, Grandma, did you vote for JFK? And of course, my grandmother was a Republican. <laughs> and the the gasp of shock, <gasps> certainly not, was what she said. <laughs> I mean, my grandma had had uh, framed photos of her with Reagan and Bush and all of <laughs> yeah. that stuff around the house. So she was like super old school Republican. But I just didn't have any concept of political parties. Yes. You're like, but at he that was, time. But he is so cool. I uh, know. He was young. The, the last thing I remember is writing a biography. She was not a president, but she probably should have been um, of Eleanor Roosevelt, you know, in third grade or whatever we had to write read biographies and write little reports on them and typical like eight slash nine-year-old I think I wrote (laughs) which she seems like she was a wonderful woman 
the adjective I used for her, my dad was like, you can't write that. I said she was very beautiful. And my dad was like, you can't. That's like, she's going to know you didn't like look at anything. Cause like she's, a, I mean, she's a wonderful person. And I'm not like making any like mean things about her, but I don't think beautiful is how you would describe it. She's always Eleanor. described as handsome. Yeah. Yep. She's like, like, yes, yes, yes. Eleanor Roosevelt has a great personality. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. I mean, cool, you know, Eleanor Roosevelt was is an interesting figure, right? Like so out of her time mm-hmm. in terms of what she was allowed to be and do. Yes. Like if, if she'd been born 50 years later, what could her well, life have been? But super tall, too. Yeah, she's, also- a, she's a big lady. I was mm-hmm. always obsessed too that they were cousins. I was like, she, what? and not even grossed out, but more that she didn't have to change her last name. Not that any woman needs to change her last name, but I was like, cool. <laughs> That's a good reason to marry my cousin. Uh, all right. Looping back to Bobby. Yeah, I'm just thinking about Millard Fillmore now. Not because he was a great... <laughs> He's from Buffalo, or you know, from from upstate New York, and so we we just have a really mediocre president from <laughs> from our area. Yeah, but his name um, is Millard, and that's yeah, not no. nothing. No, that's true. I wonder how many other Millards there have been in history. <laughs> uh, I'm going to skip down my list because we talked about reports, um, and this is also previously documented. But I'm going to lump together the band from the early '90s, Moxie Fruvis. That's so cute, Bobby. <laughs> With just a general love and appreciation for Canadian shit. <laughs> well, you're like partially Canadian, right? Well, right. But like when you're a kid and you're sort of trying to figure out your identity and what makes you special, mm-hmm. here is a moderately intelligent, dorky, relatively poor white kid. Like very little made me stand out. Uh, and so I was always all about the Canadian stuff. Mm. Canadianism was, f- was your thing. <laughs> like, yeah, like my family's Canadian. My grandmother's from Canada. We're going to Canada this summer. We're going to go to Tim Hortons. <laughs> have a Canadian uh, girlfriend. Never got as far as Canadian girlfriend. I am going to go hang out with my cool Canadian cousins. That definitely would come up. Um, who I wasn't marrying. You could have and then become a, a real Canadian. Exactly, right? And then, um, you know, Moxie Fruvis. And I had friends in middle school who were also nerdily obsessed with What are they Moxie called? Fruvis. Like Fruheads or something? I forget. Yes. Yes. Fruheads. And they're still out there. There are still people who are obsessed with Moxie Fruvis out there and i know because once every year or so i wonder if i can find one of their cds that wasn't really released very far that i know i owned as a kid and now i can't find anywhere now bobby would uh, you like to share with the class about moxie fruvis's moxie fruvis's the the moxie fruvis catalog and what type of band they were slash are oh i don't know about are i definitely were well so they were an early 90s parody band like I think it depends on who you ask and what era of their music you're listening to, because they were very much just a folk rocky Canadian band, but then they made all their money and got all their attention doing dumb parody songs to get played on local radio. So like they have sincere albums that nobody gave a shit about and they're fine at best, not great. And then they have a bunch of goofy, dumb satire songs that would get them little glimmer bits of attention. 
And so I know all of that music. I know their dumb stuff and their sincere stuff. I know it all because I listen to their music incessantly. And to go back to the reports thing, I definitely wrote an eighth grade report about their entire (laughs) history and forming and through all of their albums. That's awesome. That's what great. I would what I would give to find a copy of that report <laughs> and and to see the grade I got from the poor teacher who had to read it and correct it. I I was aware of Moxie Fruvis at the time, not in a huge way, but just because I always was an acapella fan back to the rockapella days <laughs> right. and and Moxie Fruvis really had a foot in that world. <laughs> yes, um, King definitely. of Spain and all of that stuff. And so yes. I was aware of them, but I was not a fru head at all. But yes, they definitely had a kind of goofy uh almost a little bit of that Carmen San Diego vibe about they most- them. They were most definitely third in line to get the Cool Whip gig. Yeah, like, like yeah, if they had just been a little more, you know, one one step further and they would have gotten some real commercial buzz for something stupid like that. Absolutely. Yep. So, yep. And I mean, all that. I mean, how do you, you – John Gomeshi had um, an Troubled. interesting yes. post-Moxie Fruvis life, so that sort of colors <laughs> everything – about them it's a, now. it's a real separation of the shitty art from the shittier artist. Yep. Yeah. I forgot about John Gomeshi. God. Yeah, me too. You should. <laughs> I used to, like, I used to listen that's what he him. deserves. I used to listen to that show and I was like, this guy gives me bad vibes even, you know, before it all came And that's out. because he was trying to inappropriately proposition you through the show. <laughs> he didn't know you, but he was trying. <laughs> Definitely Ugh. trying. Gross. Meredith. <laughs> <sighs> Oh, gross. Um, speaking of gross, um, when I was in sixth grade, I went to school at the zoo. And I know I've mentioned that before. Um, it's one of the few interesting things about me. Um, and uh, I mean, you're not Canadian was... or Canadian <laughs> well, adjacent. Right. What else do I have? So I got to hold on to this. Um, it was just for sixth graders. Um, and there were only 60 slots a year. So I felt very special that I got in. And it was very like... Um, we did um, a lot of like mountaineering training and and um, Why? zoology classes. Hmm? Why? Why did you do um, mountaineering training? There was a, 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 a. It sounds weird now, but at the time it wasn't like there was like an element of survivalist training or like camping or outdoorsmanship um, because our teacher was like a John Denver type. Oh. Um, I mean, at the place where they kept animals in cages. We're going to learn about survivalism. Yeah, there was so there was also like a there's a great deal of um, a a big um, kind of forest next to the zoo. um, And we would go the one of the first things we did when we started in in the fall was go up into the forest. And we had to sit there with our dumb little journals and like write about what we saw. And we were all like, oh, this is dumb. Uh, but then we had to do it every single week. Um, and it was like, you know, teaching us to observe nature and shit like that or whatever. Um, but we also went on camping trips. So we went on a camping trip in the fall and then um, for like a long weekend where we had to put up army half shell tents and we had to, you know, tie the knots ourselves and start the fire ourselves or else we ate cold SpaghettiOs. Oh my gosh. I, I mean, hats off to those teachers who would voluntarily go camping with 66th graders. Yep. Yep. I mean, it was like, yeah, the guy, it, Mr. Kretschmann was my teacher and it was like his favorite thing in the world. He the, he just lived for this. Uh, I don't know how he did it. He was a very special man. Um, 
But one of the elements was um, that we had um, kind of aquariums like lining um, the back wall of both of the classrooms because we were divided into to two groups of 30. And uh, somebody got to be the caretaker of each one of those aquariums, and I got the snake. And the snake was a red, white, and black corn snake named Seymour. And I had to clean his cage and make sure he had fresh water and thaw out the baby mice to feed him. This was not a rotating duty? Nope. I got it all year. Wow. Yeah, I don't know how that... I don't remember the selection process, but I also got to be a junior zookeeper, which was like a high honor because I think only 15 of us got to do that. But really, it was just the zookeepers using us as free labor. Like, we (laughs) destroyed the petting zoo so they could put a new one up. Um. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I took care of Seymour the whole year and as soon as school was done, I really missed him. And I, and that summer I spent the whole summer trying to figure out how to get my own snake. And <laughs> I wanted a corn snake cause I wanted it to be like Seymour. Um, and my, I remember like this was before the internet was useful and nobody had websites, especially not weird pet shops. <laughs> so I remember going through the phone book and calling every pet shop I could on the list, basically oh, in so the cute. entire phone book and asking if they had corn snakes. And I finally found one that was in, I think it was either Lansing or Kalamazoo, which are like an hour and a half hour outside of town. Um, and so getting my parents to agree to drive me <laughs> to a different city to buy a snake was a tough sell, but I did it. <laughs> Um, and I had an aquarium and I had it all set up and I was super excited and I got this, it was, she was just a little baby. She was a tiny little corn snake. She was a beautiful little thing. Her name was Diana and I loved her very much. Um, she was super smart. Um, she, like when it was hot out, she would drag, um, she liked to hide in socks. Like you'd put a little, a little sock in there for her to curl up in and sleep in and when it was hot she would drag it through her water dish to cool it off wow and i was like wow mm. you're so smart um but she wasn't um maybe as smart as she needed to be because my older brother left the cage cracked open one time and she went it was the winter and she went um down to the basement somehow and went towards light which was the little you know half window at the ceiling and she basically got freeze-dried and I don't I think she just went to sleep um and and she she basically was preserved in this awesome knot like she curled herself up into this little little kind of little ball and it looked really great so what I ended up doing I was sad of course it was terrible and I was I'm still mad at my brother for that (laughs) carelessness um but I took her to zoo school and I donated her to Mr. K so that he could put her on his shelf of you know nature oddities Cool. So as far as I know, it's still there. Why is this the first time we are hearing about Diana? Because it makes me sad. I know. And I don't like to talk about animals dying. It makes people sad. Yeah. But it, you know, it's, it's, it was a big part of my life for like a whole couple of years. You know, I have to say, if I were a parent, I think a snake would be a no-go for me. (laughs) I just... Yeah, I just she did get out one time before this before the ultimate time. And um, my mom was like, kind of mad that she couldn't find her. And I was like, I have an idea. She had just done a load of laundry and Diana had crawled into a sock. A warm sock from the dryer. (laughs) She just loved those socks. So I found her right away because I I knew my little snake. I feel like 
thawing out the rat, the the mice rather probably would have been the 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 stopping point for me for thinking of pet snake. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why they let me do this. I mean, they they encouraged all this crap. God, good parents. It's the worst. Yeah. Yeah, God. <laughs> like, can you imagine like rifling through the freezer trying to find like the frozen peas, and it's like, oh, there's the box of baby mice. No, <laughs> thank you. No, no. Someone put a duck in the refrigerator at work once, up in the freezer compartment, and we were all like, what the fuck? <laughs> Actually, now that I think of it, they were probably we had a chest freezer in the basement, and my stepdad. This is why they allowed it. My stepdad was like a, he's very, he's kind of obsessed with owls and turtles. And whenever he was driving and he saw like, you know, there would be a, um, a wood owl on the side of the road, the roadkill, he would pick it up and take it home and put it in the freezer. No. But why? I don't know why. Because he intended to like taxidermy it, which of course he never did. (laughs) It's just this freezer full of dead owls. (laughs) I mean, seriously, that's probably like why it was okay. It was like, well, he's got a bunch of dead animals in the freezer why can't i have some mice for my snake my my retirement plan of watching the sopranos suddenly seems a lot less uh, weird (laughs) (laughs) someday i'll get to those owls well this is the principle behind everything that he does their garage is packed to the gills with furniture that he's going to refurbish someday someday i'll be here someday meredith i'm gonna have to burn their house down Uh, Mud home um, insurance strikes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we don't ask too many questions. <laughs> Good. I'm going to put that on the on the billboard. <laughs> That's your tagline. <laughs> Our policies are really very reasonable. And it's that meme of the little girl, like with the, like the fire <laughs> burning <laughs> in <Nope>. the background. <laughs> uh, okay, um, my next one. Oh, by the way, I'm Michelangelo. It's fine does yeah. not surprise me <laughs> whatsoever yeah. i guess none of none of us is angry enough to be Raphael. i know yeah. Raphael yeah. was just like a dick with like nothing to yeah he was, an he was too angry Ugh. anyway um my so the second thing was obviously oscar winners or just the oscars i put wrote oscar winners but really just like the oscars in general i was obsessed with at a very early age i think i said this before but like i listened to this show um uh what is it called uh it's well they talk about movies that like didn't weren't nominated for any oscars um and it's interesting because there's some movies that they talk about that are good and there's some like that are terrible but it's ones that had oscar buzz this had oscar buzz and um they'll have guests on occasionally and they say oh what was the oscars that like you know got you interested in oscars and all these people are either young or they were very sheltered or whatever weren't allowed to watch or their parents didn't care and it's always like the year that titanic won or the year that lord of the rings won which is i'm i feel like a grandma then because (laughs) yeah (laughs) my first one that i really remember now i know i watched them but my first one that i really really remember is the one where share i think it was the Awards 487 is where Cher won for Moonstruck because my mom like was obsessed with Moonstruck and kind of obsessed with Cher and we were rooting for her when she won. We were so excited. I didn't had never seen Moonstruck like I didn't have you know like there was no reason for me to be excited but I just remember being like oh this is so fun. I love the glitz and the glamour and then I remember the next year I think it was the next year was the Rob Lowe like Snow White introduction which is very weird and uncomfortable but I still was very excited by it. So like every year since then I just have loved the Oscars and then it even went into 
again, I think I've said this before, but when I was a kid, I had a poster of all the Oscar best picture Oscar winners that went to like unforgiven. That was the, all of my problems are they just go to like a limited, like it doesn't go beyond Jimmy Carter or unforgiven. Yeah. Because they couldn't see the future Hillary. (laughs) Right. I had had the president's placemat that stopped at, you know, Bill Clinton, (laughs) but I had it in my room and I would just look at it and think I'm going to, I'm going to memorize all of these. And now I, and I started off with the zeros and the fives, but then I filled them in. Now I don't, I, now I really like it's my, my brain has been too clouded by like the debauchery of my twenties that I can't really quite remember. I mean, I can remember some, but, um, but yeah, I'm, and I'm still obsessed with the Oscars, even though, Nobody really watches them anymore. And the, you know, last year was weird and you know, there's this year will probably be weird again, but I still love them. And I still devote many podcast hours listening to, uh, people talk about the Oscars and I don't know what it is. Cause it doesn't mean anything. And there are things like, if you think about the year that crash one, I mean, there are movies that are so wonderful that, like Brokeback Mountain is a really, really good movie and it is like a heartbreaking movie and it didn't win, but Crash won and it doesn't matter because Brokeback Mountain is still a better movie than Crash and we just remember that Crash is kind of like a joke or whatever, or like Green Book, which I still haven't even seen. Um, so they don't truly, truly don't matter, but it's almost like gamesmanship and it's sort of fun to watch. Right. It's a it's a political thing yes. rather than a yeah. quality yes. deal. Yes. And occasionally somebody will win and you're like, oh, that was so great. Like, I can't believe that person won. And they actually, you know, honored the best movie. But then sometimes I'll think back and I, even in recent ones, I'm like, who won last year? I'm like, oh, yeah, no man land. Okay. All right. And yeah, I forgot about that. Um, so, yeah, it truly doesn't matter. But I do like the glitz and glam, obviously, because I've talked about it a number of times. And I rewatch <laughs> Oscar speeches. Uh, yeah, I'm not wait, super surprised by this. <laughs> wait a minute. You like awards? It's I so weird. I know this about you. I did when Sidney Poitier uh, died. I watched the well, I've watched this clip so many times because Julia Roberts is so annoying in it. But when <laughs> Denzel Washington wins uh, for training day. It was the same night that um, Sidney Poitier got the honorary, whatever the award is. Um, And so he was sort of in the back and Julia does her annoying thing. But then when Denzel comes up, he's like, I'm, he says, I'm always chasing you, Sidney. I'm never going to catch you, but it's whatever. He says something like that. It's very sweet. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway. So yes, I like Oscar. I like award ceremonies, obviously, but only the good ones. I don't watch the shitty ones. I don't watch the shitty ones. I don't even really watch the Grammys because I don't like, they stress me out more than anything, but I'll I'll fuck with some Emmys and some Oscars. What what are the shitty ones like the SAG Awards? Well, no, I'll watch are the SAG Awards. Uh, yeah, they are, and those are like semi legit because it's voted on by like the union. But like, I'm not gonna watch like the People's Choice Awards. Oh, like, Kids' I, Choice for yeah. life. <laughs> <laughs> um, I used to, God. I remember when the MTV Music Awards were such a big deal. Oh, like when I was in deal. fourth grade, and Bobby Brown was performing maybe the song from like Ghostbusters Two or whatever, and I was <laughs> so. And I remember actually thinking he sounds really bad but I don't care because this is so fun. But um, yeah, I was really excited about those. Now when I watch them, I, that is when I truly feel like an old because I don't know. And I try to keep up vaguely and I don't know who half the people are. Who are these kids? <laughs> I think the reason I, I used to watch like the Oscars and stuff because I was more into that sort of thing. And I, you know, who doesn't like the outfits, the the gowns and so forth. But I think as I get older, I get more anxious 
when they allow people unscripted moments. I know. You know, know. when somebody, and it doesn't matter if it's an actor or a producer or whoever, when they get up there and they have the mic and you have no idea what they're going to say, that makes me so nervous because they're so bad. I know. I know. The awkward moments make me want to die. I just, I can't stand cringy moments in real life. Yeah. And so that's part of why I can't really do it. I mean, that's the, you know, the classic diving under the blanket sort of shit yep. like i just i can't what are they saying deal no, with it no i know but i still love it so much. my secondhand embarrassment muscle is huge guys mm. yes well that's actually why like um american idol was really hard for me to take like i you know i always want to be a part of the cultural conversation especially in the early 2000s where i'm like i want to you know be up to date on what everybody's watching and talking about and i tried with american idol and obviously you'll get somebody like kelly clarkson who's wonderful but you get a lot of people that are terrible well, and they put that on there on purpose they i know yeah. but even, I, the, even that's the ones that are like about. good but then they do poorly you know when they go to hollywood or whatever i'm like i can't I want to die right now. This is so yeah. awful. Yeah. I never really liked American Idol because I found it to be underneath the guise of lifting up these kids. I found it to be very mean spirited. Totally. Yeah. About mm-hmm. the people yeah. who weren't talented. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yes. there was deliberate humiliation. Yeah. Absolutely. That went on that show. Absolutely. That's one reason I actually really like So You Think You Can Dance because for one thing, they never, ever, ever put people on as a joke. Well, occasionally but it was always people were always in on the joke if they did it and even if it was like a weird person they would put them up on stage and let them do their audition and then the the auditorium full of dancers would be like yeah way to go do your thing get up there there was no mockery ever well I think it's really interesting too because um I know and I don't know who they are but I have heard that in West Side Story there like are about like six so you think you can dance um alumnus alumni that are in it just cuz they're you automatically have to be really good to compete in that like it's not it's that one's really hard to fake not that singing you can really fake, but I don't everybody know, like, thinks they can sing. Yes. But like, <laughs> but dancing, that's tough. Like it's yeah. really hard and you have to kind of come up to a certain level to get to, to be on that. Yep. Yep. You can't just like dance along to the radio <laughs> no. and get on a TV show the way you can with the idol. <laughs> You're doing like a grapevine. You're like, how about <laughs> you this should, guys? <laughs> you should see me dance in the shower. <laughs> Ooh, Bobby. this is breaking news. We got a message to the Little Red Bandwagon Facebook uh, oh, messenger wow. feed. It's back what? in the day. Oh, wait, it won't open. Uh, oh, it's an unsupported message. We have to view it in the Instagram app. No. <laughs> no, thanks. I'm so confused. I don't know. I just got an alert. And uh, this is probably just some random person Jeremy's been talking to on the account. <laughs> That's usually what ends up being. It. Anyway, I think I just broke my Facebook. Um, I'm going to jump down to uh, another slash one that probably doesn't make any sense to anyone together. This is going to high school now or late middle school, early high school. And that's Ultimate Frisbee slash Iron Chef. I mean, that's an interesting TV show concept. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And this is a slash because this was the same group of my friends. So when I was in 10th grade, I hung out with a group of seniors and you would think, wow, he must have been really cool to hang out with the seniors. (laughs) But no, it's because I was hanging out with the seniors who instead of like going to the big football match 
or uh, I don't know what what did other cool kids do in high school? <laughs> Match. Uh, that's what they called it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the 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 beer drinking parties. <laughs> the sock hops. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got hooked into a group of friends who used to play ultimate frisbee twice a week at the park. Uh, and then on, I can't remember now if it was, it must've been Saturday nights. We would all cram into Mike Kowalski's, uh, basement and watch it's Kozelski, Mike Kozelski's basement. Not that it matters for this and watch the latest episode of iron chef on food network. And this is not iron chef America. This is back when they were airing the actual original iron chef with the awful dubbing into English over it. And we were obsessed. We wanted to know what the ingredient was going to be. When they did their senior uh, spirit week team as a group, they all went as different Iron Chef ingredients and I joined in. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Uh, And then we would just terrorize the town after that in our own nerdy way. Mike had a Jeep. We would take the doors off and speed around town. Um we used to play games where we would split up into teams and go find who could find or steal the weirdest piece of shit, random thing in town and bring it back in like a 90 minute window. And then we would go leave them on somebody's lawn. Oh, God. <laughs> oh you were those kids. Yeah. Yes. So we were so random. so random. <laughs> so did you when you were watching Iron Chef, were you doing it ironically or? Well, so this is the thing. Right. How long can you do something ironically before right. you're genuinely enjoying it? So we enjoyed watching the different chefs come in. We would laugh every time the Italian chef would get picked because he was ridiculous. Um, and then we would always know that the Iron Chef was going to win like 99% of the time because they were the greatest chefs in the world, obviously. Obviously. I ha- I mean, I wasn't part of the group that saved up money to try foie gras for the first time, but like... It was always the same shit. It was like, oh, he's going to put Benito shavings in that. Or, oh, here comes the caviar. Because it was just always the same, like, extravagant spending of dumping on their food to make it win. And it always worked. Huh. Yeah. So then my other question, my other question about the first part of this, did you call it ultimate when you talked about it? (laughs) Let me think about that. Probably. I mean, that is its official name, right? So... Yeah, we'd go to play ultimate, and <laughs> and I would ride my bike there before I got my first car, mm-hmm. uh, and this is back before I got fat, so I was actually pretty good. Um, and then like we didn't have any formal like this wasn't like a club league or anything; it was just a bunch of us. So like somebody's water bottle would be one of the corners of the field, and you know somebody's sweatshirt would be one of the other corners, and. Yeah, I was the only person, I think, not smoking weed in this group. <laughs> I was going to say. Yeah, <laughs> My next question was, when did you play hacky sack? <laughs> yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. I was awful at hacky sack. Well, this just this all just matches with me being like 10 years older than I actually am. Right. right. Because yep. cause this is, you know, yeah, I was just a little younger than everybody else. And they were on the late end of that trend in the late 90s and early aughts. So, yep. But that was like my that was my identity is uh, that year. That was the same year I got my first real girlfriend. Like, how many puka know. shell necklaces did you have? <laughs> uh, none. No, no puka shell. Um, what did I have? And I never. And I also never drug rug a, and some. <laughs> I also never frosted my tips. So that was going to be my next question. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was, I was not, uh, you know, I didn't wear any tie dye. 
Um, we did wear Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> of course. So cool. That was just on Fridays. So I mean, I think this is kind of a fun group. I, yeah. I, yeah. If you're going to be that kind of um, kid, it seemed like a relatively wholesome way to do it. Right. I think that our most of our parents were fine with it because it's like, oh, what are they doing? They're drinking Mountain Dew and jumping in the pool. Well, right. okay. Like, sure, fine. Um, I haven't kept in touch with most of those people. I know one of them got really druggy and then cleaned up. Um, I don't know. Yeah, we, we didn't do much harm overall. We only got the cops called on us once. And that's because we took all the shit we found one night and dumped it on the lawn of a homeschool kid we liked. And his mom lost her shit in the cops game. And they were like, just tell his idiot friends to go clean it up. And so we did. Nobody got in trouble. If it was Texas and it was like days confused, she like pulls the gun out on you. And she's like, <laughs> get off my property. I mean, that kind of is it, right? Like that was the closest we had to a big mood it was just like chilling out all day playing Frisbee and then watching Iron Chef and driving around town at night. Yeah. So that sounds fun, actually. Yeah, it's kind, it kind of great. I mean, it sounds less neurotic than my existence. <laughs> <laughs> I was mostly watching Star Trek because that's what my friends wanted to watch, not because I like Star Trek. <laughs> yeah. oh, Next Generation almost made the list because it was one of those shows that was uh, tied to my bedtime. Like I could stay up if to, to watch Next Generation and then I had to go to bed. <laughs> I will say Next Generation kind of slaps. Yep. Because I did, because my yeah, because my a lot. my mom and one of my brothers really love Star Trek, and so I have been exposed to lots of Star Trek through osmosis, and that's a pretty good show. Mm-hmm. I'd say we should start a podcast about it if there weren't already six dozen of them. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> only six dozen. Um, okay, yeah. I this is my next one's going to be a quick hit. Um, and it is Spike, and I'm not talking about the TV network. I know James <laughs> Marsters from Buffy, or well, any of the millions of other things that could be the great television channel. No, um, I'm talking about the Spice Blend, Spike. Oh, um, are I don't you guys know aware this. of this? Is this something that okay? Is this a um, Michigan thing? Is this a drug? I think it's. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a it's a seasoning oh. mix for old people. I think was oh, it like Mrs. Dash? Oh. Kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yes, natural it's seasoning, mostly salt, and I think that's why I like it. Um, but I still like it. I have it in my cabinet, and I put it on popcorn. Um, but when I was younger, um, I don't know how old I was. Probably between like eight and ten. I was so obsessed with it that I would. I would eat it by itself in secret. Like I would hide the. Oh fact no! That I was... With a spoon? <laughs> no, no, not even with a spoon. You're I would bumps, pour it. You? <laughs> I poured it into my hand and just like Licked stuck it. my tongue in in Licked the pile it. of spike. Yep. 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 Um, and and that's a little much for me now, but I do still really really love it. They made like a low salt version, which was bullshit. Um, the the original Spike is is my favorite, but it's kind of hard to find. I have to get on Amazon now. We're a I'm a this is a Lowry's house. <laughs> um, we have that too. It's always a debate. It's like, are we going to do Lowry's or are we going to do Zatar or are we going to do we Spike? do Tony? I can never pronounce it. Hold on. Cherries or something? That's not what it's called. That's not how you pronounce it. I don't know this. It's really good. Hold on. It's like a... Is it the Spike store? Mm. Sorry, I'm on Amazon. 
I know. So mm. I'm I'm looking at an article that says what ingredients are in spike seasoning. So the 39 ingredients: salt and sea salt, defatted Nutrisoy granules, mm. Mm. granular toasted onion, nutritional yeast, granular garlic, celery root granules, ground dill, horseradish. Let's see, mustard powder, lemon peel, orange powder, parsley. It's got everything in here. I'm not even a yep. third of the way through this. Yeah. All the way down to French tarragon, French sweet basil, French marjoram, French rosemary, and Spanish thyme. You can tell that it's French tarragon and not just regular. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I would I never eat regular tarragon. No. Oh, the horror. Please. Disgusting. Well, you're getting a bill for $5.89 if this doesn't live up. Because it's already oh, it my Amazon I guarantee um, From Mequon, Wisconsin. I, I'm trying to think of why I ate it in secret. Probably My mom probably didn't approve of this, this habit I was forming. And I think it was not cheap either. Sure. So just like mainlining a, a spice blend wasn't the greatest way to, to use it up. www.spikeitup.com. Mm. There's dashes between the words spike dash it dash up dot com. Can, oh, you know, thank God for telling me because I almost typed it in without the dashes and <laughs> poof, you don't want to go to that you one. You know, I know why I've heard of it. I've actually never seen it or used it or anything, but there's this like woman who I have like I followed her for recipes like when I did whatever, like South Beach or something, but actually she still has like I still use some of her recipes because they're pretty good. She has a lot of um um crockpot ones and she talks about spike seasoning all the time i'm like i don't know what this is like i'm just gonna do whatever i have here oh guys we, guys guys what? i'm on spike which is actually um goes to spike seasoning.com yeah, yeah important spike seasoning is seeing a shortage of stock in stores and e-commerce sites because of supply chain challenges and production slowdowns due to covid19 <gasps> no, no! Good thing I'm hoarding Spike in my cabinet already. <laughs> it's all in Meredith's cabinet. Yep. I've She's got it all. That's, that there's no supply 000. chain problem. <laughs> I just have I, my whole kitchen is full of Spike. <laughs> Your cabinets are painted red and blue and yellow. Yep. <laughs> we put it, I'm trying to think, we used it some on something abnormal the other day. Oh, we've been doing Pizza Fridays and... Um, we decided to make uh, two, we were making two pizzas and then we decided to split it further into two pizzas and one cheese sticks. So we mm. put it on the cheese sticks, like underneath the cheese and it was great. That's, that does sound good, honestly. Mm. Yeah, They so, have a recipe for double protein, half the fat scrambled eggs, mm. eight egg whites, four egg yolks. Okay. And then some okay. spike. I put it on eggs. Stuff. It's it's good. Yeah. I mean, it's good on anything. Almost. Oh, I'm gonna. Eat. We're, this is getting a taste test now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Put it on your your Dan Pashman pasta. Yeah. Ooh. Good call. Mixing and matching our podcast tastes. <laughs> um. Okay. This. Yeah. Mine's me a quick one because it is. It, it was like a very specific thing that I was obsessed with. I was obsessed with TV show intros for like sitcoms because remember back in the day, like in the '80s specifically, they would change like every year or they would change if somebody like grew up or had a new hairstyle. The one that specifically I was obsessed with and would wait with bated breath at the beginning of the f- new fall season of what it would be. And 
this show is hard to talk about now, and it was such a foundation of my life when I was a kid, was the Cosby show. I was, like, obsessed mm, with yes. the opening. Mm-hmm. Every year it would change. And, like, it didn't matter. But I was like, what are they going to do this year? What are they all going to look like? Mm, and yeah. It was, and I remember growing pains changed one year, uh, you know, family ties. This was something that I was consumed with and would get me excited. And I, especially if I was watching in reruns, you could sort of place like the, where it was in the, in the ether of it. Um, so I don't know why. I think I just watched way too much television as a kid. So this was the things that like went through my brain. And also, because I was such a show off slash like wannabe child star, sometimes I would like practice what I would do in my TV show intro. Oh, please tell us what you would do. I don't this like is the it. cutest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. Well, it w- okay. First of all, it would make me mad when they would do ones where it would just cut from like they would do a, you know, they would cut out something from the actual TV show and just make that the intro. I'm like, no, no, no. I want like a special intro. And mm-hmm. I would just kind of like, I would do like a laughing, like turn my head and do like a laughing smile. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like on step by step when they just like all kind of turn around and they're like, oh, a camera. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> freezes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. I did. On look- step by step, weren't they at the carnival? Yes. <laughs> and it was just really poorly CGI'd in the background, mm-hmm. like where it was just like <laughs> moving. Like they, they were on like a roller coaster, but the background was like moving. <laughs> But wasn't the doofus who lived in their driveway, like, walking past his RV or something? Yes. Oh, totally. Yeah. I think you're right. Now that, yeah. All right. I'm going to have to rewatch it. I know. R.I.P. Bob Saget, I guess, in the (laughs) sitcom world. But, um, yeah, no, I definitely had my pose down. I also, like, kind of always thought there was a camera following me, so, which probably made me an annoying child like i just was like what if there was that's terrifying i know but and like... now there is you've grown up and now there is a camera everywhere i know but i would kind of like when i would think about if there was what if i you know like truman show like what if i was being filmed for a tv show i would i was probably such an annoying child because i would act precociously in that annoying child way that's not cute to anybody except themselves probably but yeah that was that was my mm-hmm. concession you mean uh, the modern family style yes, of kid acting yes oh i really wanted to be rudy and I, I was always like i'm the rudy of the family i mean obviously you were i was i was the youngest mm-hmm. child who was a girl and keisha knight pulliam and i are at similar ages i think she's a little bit younger than i am but anyway it's very weird and i definitely watched i you know Bobby, you were talking about, you know, you could watch um, Star Trek and, like, extend your bedtime. Like, that was, you know, you could watch it and go to bed. My bedtime from all, since I can remember, but I think first grade, was always uh, when primetime TV was over. Always. Which is hilarious because my kids are, like, they're going to bed right now and it's 7.51. I went to bed when the evening news came on. Now, granted, I'm in Central Time, so that was 10 o'clock. 10 p.m. But mm-hmm. still, I mean, for a first grader. <laughs> Who can stay up till 11? News, though? Like, I remember being like, ugh, gross. Time no, to no, no. Oh, once the news came on, I was like, peace. I'm out of here. I, like, 30-something is over. I'm done. I'm going. <laughs> 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 I'm going downstairs. <laughs> Yeah, but we'd sit on my parent. My parents had a bedroom that like ha- it was there was the bed, and then there was a little sitting area with, and then you could watch the TV. And I would we'd sit there and you know watch 
Roseanne and 30 something and New Heart and oh yeah that was another one my mom and I watched we loved New Heart and we tried see it comes from my family we tried to memorize the opening like who would cut like Tom Poston like we would try to say it before they flash his name <laughs> it's so weird it's hard when it only comes on once a week I know exactly. I can't remember it yeah I would say the intro that I that always comes to mind, not for any reason, but just because it does is the Three's Company intro. Oh, like when yes. you were talking about, don't just lift a shot from the show. No. You have to film something mm-hmm. specific and how they're like riding on the boardwalk or <laughs> yes. something. And they're all on the bike. And they got the ice cream cones. <laughs> and uh, God, that show, that show kind of stressed me out because there was always a shenanigan that was easily solved by something else. And I'm like, just tell them. I think I was young enough that I did not understand the premise of that show at all. (laughs) I didn't either. That he was supposed to be gay? Yeah, Jack Trevor was pretending to be gay. Like, I didn't have any concept of what gay was. Live with chicks, dude. No idea. I had no idea that that was what was going on. I like, I did and like why couldn't he live with them it, why like even as a straight guy why can't a straight guy live with like two ladies but because the temptation <laughs> obviously <laughs> there was a lot of like falling backward over couches in always. that show <laughs> always always <laughs> And Mr. and Mrs. Roper. <laughs> With her fabulous caftans. Ugh, that's where I learned what a caftan was. <laughs> no, I know. Hillary, great. I just created your, your... Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> Wait, let me see. <laughs> <laughs> where did you get the full house font? <laughs> this has got to be the show picture, right? I literally just Googled full house full font. House font. <laughs> Eating cake. Yay. I like I that it. you get the with credit. <laughs> I know. And my Heather Locklear in the like special. Remember, she was like never. She was like special guest star forever. Even oh she yeah. Was, like, main character. Oh, well, I was gonna give you an and, but then I thought you deserved a with. With. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. I'm pleased. All right. Uh, I have honorable mentions uh, for journalism, but I was gonna talk about the time in eighth grade I created a a like sensory sound video booth of Edward R. Murrow reporting from the rooftops of London. <laughs> Mommy. <laughs> it's a pretty good school project. Uh, and then my honorable mention for grown up shit, which is just the um, several months I carried around a briefcase instead of I a was backpack. just thinking about that. <laughs> In elementary school. And what uh, was in the briefcase, if I may ask? Um, lots of stuff, um, but I got in trouble for a utility knife. Ooh, I bet. Which I, because there was like a zero tolerance weapons policy and I was just like, no, 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 this is just all my useful stuff. Like, you never know when you might need to open a box. I had (laughs) no intent of it being a weapon. If you went to zoo school, you would have been encouraged to take a knife to school because we had to whittle. See? (laughs) That seems dangerous. Without whittling. Well, we made maple syrup, so we had to make the taps that went into the trees. So you empty out an elderberry branch. Because it's got like marrow on the inside, and then you whittle it into a very sharp point, which is a good thing for sixth graders to do. That is so if, just 
not good. <laughs> if we go full uh, Yellow Jackets, right? Because yeah. that's a show where they're stranded in Canada, right? Yes, yes. Uh, you could make your own maple sap anyway. That's right. And hopefully get your maple syrup. Uh, and then, yeah, t- sincerely infomercials, as mentioned earlier. I used to watch the same fucking Ron Popeil infomercials over and over and over again. <laughs> they were again. fascinating. Yeah, they yes. were. They were. So. I did love... Okay, I don't do this anymore, but... Like before kids, I would on Friday nights, I would like to fall asleep. I don't know why this was my thing in early married life was to fall asleep on a Friday night in front of the TV watching House Hunters International. I found it very soothing. <laughs> but then I would always wake up at three and it would be like this Cindy Crawford, um, you know, melon and infomercial. It was like a skincare line and they would show how it worked on melon. It was so dumb, but I would get like enraptured by it. Like I have to watch. I need to see like, how does this turn out? Is her skin beautiful? (laughs) It was. What if it was like, now it sucks. It'd be a weird infomercial. Uh, I think the only infomercial I was ever really interested in. And this, I think maybe was the first evidence of my body image issues was when I was 9 or 10 or 11 or something, and I desperately wanted a gut buster. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> and my mother actually got me one oh, no. after oh. some period. I'm looking. There's tons of YouTubes uh, on the gut buster, but I do not want to watch one right now. Nope. But I just... I think Matt played with it more than I played with it, and he was so little that, like... The the giant coil was as long as his legs, so he was just like sitting down and sitting up with his feet in the straps. Uh, First result I got was a restaurant in Decatur, Georgia. So great. <laughs> if you Google Gutbuster infomercial, there's about 400 YouTube videos for that. But I I forget if was it like this was the era of Suzanne Summers doing yes. all oh, sorts sure. of fitness infomercials. Yeah, Thighmaster. I think we that had was a thigh the other one. In with, the house. That was the we other one. This. It was the Thighmaster and the Gutbuster. We had I don't think it was a Gutbuster, but it was just it was it was one of those buzzy ab things, but it was just like a a sheet of plastic with a handle on it and it was supposed to help you do sit-ups. But it never it never like I don't know what it was actually doing. It didn't do anything. But that was what we had. I mean, they uh, never do anything. They never do anything. Well, right? No, they don't. Going all the way back to the weight shaker belts. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. That people still think work. I know. Now mm-hmm. it's just like the electric current will melt your fat away. Right. If they worked, everybody would own one. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's the whole th- part of the diet industry. If yeah. any of that stuff worked, worked. we would yep. all be thin. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Oh, alas. Well... I guess the question of the week is, what was your weird childhood obsession? <laughs> <laughs> Tell us. Please. I want to hear. Make us feel normal. Um, okay. Moving on to Tishi Recommends. I like didn't have anything, but then I remembered. Now, this little documentary was very silly, but I, I kind of enjoyed it. Um, when Amy talked about Lulu Row, this was sort of in the same line. It was on. Um, it's on HBO Max, and it's called Beanie Mania. And it's about, like, the Beanie Baby baby craze. But really, it's more about, like, secondary markets Mm -hmm. (laughs) than anything else. But um, it was interesting. And I actually, for some reason, didn't know Ty Toys or whatever was a guy. Like, I didn't know that 
there, there's a guy named Ty oh, yeah. that started it. I did it. see this. That guy is a weirdo, He's too. Super weirdo. And very <laughs> litigious. You um, thought he'd yeah. be normal? Uh, no. Well, no. Um, but it was sort of... Um, I, I, Missy, friend of the show, is, like used to work at a Hallmark store, and she was like, "I would be, you know, taking out the trash or whatever, and some lady would come up and be like, did you get any new Beanie Babies today?'" <laughs> um, and she was like, "Yeah," and it was all like, it wasn't children; it was you know, middle-aged moms from Chicago, basically, that were started this kind of secondary market of it or collector's market, and then it just sort of went crazy. And, you know, then off, obviously, like, kind of petered out. But now, actually, the kids collect Beanie Boos, which are, like, bigger Beanie Babies. They're, like, and they sell them at every gas station. But uh, I, I'm, I'm oh, putting no, the kibosh a little bit. But I put the kibosh on. I'm, like, we're done. The problem is, is they'll be, like, $3. So you're, like, oh, this is going to make you happy for $3. That's fine. But then I there's too many of them around. And they are stupid. <laughs> very very stupid but i know some people who you know have like you know their parents die or something and there's a they're cleaning out the house there's a collection of like princess die beanie babies um anyway the the um documentary is silly but it's sort of interesting so i recommend it if you're looking for something to watch i remember being kind of bemused by the beanie baby mania because yeah. I, I don't know i i don't know i think i'm I'm just too like um, conservative, like financially conservative, to ever think that I'm going to get in on the ground floor no, and exactly. make my retirement money or whatever. Yeah, I I just feel like really cynical about all that. I remember that people were giving my grandma, not the Republican politicians, the nice <laughs> grandma, because um, she was super old, right? She lived to be a hundred, and so at some point, like, what do you get a lady who's lived for a century? <laughs> And it turns out it's Beanie Babies. I remember just being confused that that non-children were really into these stuffed animals. Like I was kind of the perfect age, but I was like, what is this? This is weird. I don't think I like it. Well, I I truly don't know any like children that were obsessed with Beanie Babies. No, me neither. We collected them a little bit, but it was mainly because, right, it was a child-friendly hobby. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's Ugh. like if adults collected My Little Ponies. I'm like, sure there are no, some. some of them well, we're going to get emails now. Thanks, Ann. <laughs> Let's hear from the bronies. <laughs> I'm convinced the bronies is a sex thing. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it is. I don't know how, but some way. <laughs> some way, somehow. Oh, anyway, it was good. Um, all right, get involved. The website is thisshowhaseverything.com. You can also use throwyourphone.com. Join the Facebook group. Um, it's wonderful. And also, I want to thank Renee. I have not started, but she's sent me a slew of ways for me to do a pull-up. So it's a good oh, thing. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. I don't have any home equipment, really, so I'd have to go to the gym to do it. And every time I try to, like, go use that, those kind of machines, some old man is always in my way. Ugh, the why. Isn't um, – for the presidential fitness test, yes. isn't yes. it uh, for girls? It's the flexed arm hang. Yes, I think so. I mean, I so maybe you just start with the. I mean, I yes. can't do that. My body's too heavy <laughs> for no. that. Are you kidding? I have the height and weight of a man and the upper body strength of a woman. I can't no. do pull ups. Well, that's what I say. I mean, Dave and I always talk about when you watch male gymnasts. Um, they're tiny. They, they. You have to have the combination oh, so of extreme strength and being so light and i have n- neither of those things so uh, i'm trying to find a way around it i'm trying to game i don't know i'll figure it out 
trust me, bulk you up will those know. lads. I know. God. God. I'd like to think I am at least as fit as our 79-year-old president. <laughs> <laughs> I may not be as fit as I should be, but I'd like to think I'm more fit than anyone with the middle name Robinette. Mm. <laughs> I think you're fitter than the previous president for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> all right. Yes. Join the Facebook group. It's fun. Get some tips. Uh, the show Twitter is at Tishy Show. You can email us at Tishy Show at gmail.com. Send us a voice memo. You know, I love to hear your voices. Come on. Um, Facts, Bobby, your butt, or I don't know, like some schematics for an ultimate frisbee, like I don't know, plan or whatever. <laughs> we were very precise about our disc because you needed yes. to have the frisbee brand disc the right weight. Of course, it did matter. Oh, yeah, You're not uh, use any off-brand discs. <laughs> no, six one seven three five four eight five one three. Thanks for joining us, y'all. And that was everything about our weird childhood obsession. I mean, it's trademarked. If it's not a Frisbee brand Frisbee, it's just a flying disc.
Why won't this not stop flowing?